You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 135. And today we are answering community questions. We have been getting a lot of them, so we dove back into the vault because I love, 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 love answering these questions because I know then that you're listening and that you're wanting to be proactive with your health. So let me tell you, today we had got a plethora of questions and I tried to pick ones from different segments. And we got questions about eye health. We got questions about brain health, wanting to know about brain health. We got questions about um, what is the benefits and uses for ginger. And then I got a great question from one of our community members on she's having some issues with her digestion. So we talk all about digestive health, or I talk to you about some things that you can do for digestion. So we've got four really great community members who wrote in and thank you so much to these ladies. We give them a shout out at the end of the episode talking about these different topics. So ladies, let's dive in and let's learn about a myriad of different things that affect our health all the way from our eyes to our gut. Hey there, and welcome to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Broad, Millennial Women's Health Guide and Certified Women's Health Nurse Practitioner. I invite you to join me and hundreds of other women who are curious about their health, want to be their number one self-care advocate, and want to build a health portfolio that is robust enough to carry them through every facet of their lives. The Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast is the only resource you need to start, grow, or level up your health to the fullest potential. Discover why women all over the globe call the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast their go-to women's wellness hub, where we talk about women's wellness, we talk about business, life, and everything in between, all the things that pertain to us women being healthy. We are more than just a podcast. We are a community. Well, hey there, ladies, and welcome back for another episode. And you know, I don't know if I've told you this in the past or not, but I happen to really love John Maxwell. And I had the opportunity to meet him many, many, many years ago at a success conference that I went to with a friend. And I've read most of his books and I get his um, Minute with Maxwell's. I don't know if you get those or if you ever hear those, but you can sign up for them and he sends them out on a daily basis. And they're little short one minute things that he talks about. Usually they have to do with, um, with leadership or, you know, something spiritual of that because he is both of those things and he's the master of leadership of, you know, everywhere. So I just love his things. And before I go and listen to the minute with Maxwell, I always think of how I can relate what he's saying into some aspect of health because I'm like, okay, well, how those always go hand in hand. And I'm like, I can say that about a lot of that can go with health. So here's one that he sent out the other day that I haven't listened to yet, but I just loved the title when I got it in my thing. And it, and it says, find your sweet spot. Okay. So I know that he's going to relate that to somewhere as far as leadership goes, because he always does leadership lessons, but I want to just take a moment here and I want to just juxtapose that same thing and talk about it from your health talk to you about finding that sweet spot in your health. And what do I think that that means? And for me, I want that to mean something to you in this. Find something that brings you joy or ask yourself this question, you know, why do you want to be healthy? Okay. And find one of those reasons that you want to be healthy and use that 
as your sweet spot for getting you motivated to move on that action. Okay. Because ladies, here's the thing. It's hard for everybody. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. You know, being healthy takes some effort, you know, exercising takes some effort. Eating healthy takes some effort. You know, daily movement, it takes some effort. Most things that are worth anything in our life take some form of commitment and they take some form of effort. Okay. And for a lot of reasons, people will definitely gut it through and they will suck up, you know, the suck, so to speak. Don't mean to be double pundit there. They will suck up the suck when it comes to business, when it comes to relationships, but they don't want to suck up the suck when it comes to their health. Meaning health is like one of the easiest things for most people to push aside. I don't know why, because as you know, I preach that we have to have our wellness and our health in order to do anything else in our life. So we shouldn't be pushing it aside, but it's one of the easiest things for most people to push aside, or it's one of those easiest things like we talked about in the last you know, episode that when you fall off the bandwagon, it's very easy to stay off the bandwagon. Okay. And to just use excuses. It's the number health is the number one thing that people use excuses for. Okay. People will stay up, you know, for hours at night doing their business. They'll put in as much effort as they need to make a relationship work because I think that they think the stakes are higher there, but they're not. The stakes are the highest when it comes to your health, right? Because if you're not feeling well, that affects every part of your life. So when I say find the sweet spot, I mean, look at something that, you know, why do you want to be healthy? Okay. So for me, I look at my health as greater than just myself. All right. Because my health affects everybody that's around me. It affects my business. It affects my job. It affects my patients. It affects my family. It affects everything. So my health is greater than just me. Okay. And I want to be able to get on the floor and wrestle with my granddaughter. I want to be able to take her to the park and climb up the slide ladders. And I do and run with her for two hours around the park, take her swimming, you know, and I want to be there for my family and my kids and my husband and do things. Okay. But if I don't have my health, then I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to get on the floor with her and wrestle. And when she asked me to turn her or throw her in the pool or go down the slide with her 9,000 times and climb up all the things that you have to climb up at the parks, right? So it's not only just going to affect me, but it's going to also affect my relationship with her. Because if I kept telling her, oh no, Nana can't do that. Nana can't do that. Sorry. Nana's in pain. Nana doesn't feel good. What do you think she's going to start learning? She's going to start learning. I'm not going to ask Nana to do anything with me because every time I ask her, she just gives me a reason why she can't do it. She's not healthy. And I don't want her to have that attitude. And I don't want to have to say to her that I can't do something. Okay. So she and my family and my business and my patients, they're my sweet spot. They're what I think about when I don't feel like doing it. Okay. When I don't feel like getting up, when I don't feel like going to the gym, when I don't feel like going out for my walk, when I don't feel like getting up and doing my steps or any of those type of things, that's what I think about. I think about them and that's what gives me the motivation to do all things. So I want you to think about that. You know, what it is, what is a beyond you? Okay. What does your health affect? Who does it affect? 
And do you want it to be a positive effect or do you want it to be a not so positive effect? So who does it affect and how can you use that to be a motivator for you to keep pushing forward and to keep moving one step further and further and to do that healthy thing one more time, one more time, or to start a new healthy thing, whatever that may be, right? So just think about that food for thought, find your sweet spot. So then today I dug back into the vaults of questions and we've got a lot of great questions from a lot of good people. So I'm just going to kind of go over them. We're going to be talking about a variety of things today. Um, like I said, from the intro, we're going to be talking about, you know, supplements for eye health. And then I want to go into talking to you about supplements for brain health and different things. So let's get into it so that we can cover all of those things and we can get it done. All right. So the first thing is supplements for your eye health. And it comes from Martha C. And Martha C says, Michelle, I just went to the eye doctor and my vision has gotten worse than it was last year. Not completely horrible, but it's gotten worse. And, you know, what are some things that I can do to help improve my eye? Are there supplements or different things that I can take to do that? So here's the thing, Martha, I always want to give you a little bit of education as well as tell you about some things that you can do. Okay. So part of that is this, the human eye is an incredible organ. Okay. About 80% of our memories are determined by what we see. And yet most of us take our eyes for granted, right? We just don't think about it. So to keep them functioning at their optimal health, Our eyes need the proper balance of supplements, that means vitamins and minerals, to protect them from the issues like antioxidant stress and inflammation, all right? So here are some of the supplements that you can take, Martha, or you can look at a variety of different things. You can take supplements, but you know me, I always like you to try to get it in foods as much as you possibly, possibly can, okay? So let's go into that a little bit here. So the first one is vitamin A. And when you don't get enough of this primary vitamin, ladies, you can suffer from night blindness, or you can get a dry cornea. You can get a thing called dry eyes. Your eyes need adequate lubrication, and vitamin A offers this necessary moisture. So a lot of times if you've got dry eyes, you may want to look at this. Now, leafy green vegetables as well as eggs, sweet potatoes, carrots, and cantaloupe are just a few of the tasty foods that contain vitamin A. However, I know this, not all of us always eat a well-balanced diet, and vitamin A is one of those essential powerhouses for good all-around vision. So if you don't eat enough carrots, if you don't like sweet potatoes or cantaloupe, or you know if you don't like eggs for whatever reason, or leafy green vegetables, you can definitely get vitamin A in a supplement form. Like I told you, vitamins are better when they are found in foods. So even though I'm talking about all these different vitamins today, I want you to know that when they're in foods, they are synergistically partnered with all of their friends. So they tend to have a higher concentration and have a more powerhouse effect on your body than if you take them out and isolate them and take them in a supplement. But here's the thing. If you are not eating a great diet and that's you know that's up to you then I definitely want you to think about supplementing okay because even if we do have a great diet you still need a supplement with whole foods that are in a capsule or you know with really good supplements or different things okay so the next thing that you can also look at Martha is vitamin C 
because a study led by, by King's College in London and published in the Journal of Ophthalmology, it revealed that an interesting connection between a higher di dietary intake of vitamin C and a preventive effect on cataract, that's, you know, cataracts are usually when we get older, that's the cloudy lens that you can sometimes see in seniors, it can help, um, you know, decrease the progression of getting cataracts and help a little bit with glaucoma as well. So the 10-year research that I'm talking about from the Journal of Ophthalmology, it focused on the eyes of 324 pairs of female twins from the Twins United K Registry. The participants who took a higher intake of vitamin C saw a 33% risk reduction in cataract progression. Also, they had clear lenses after a decade. So after 10 years of taking vitamin C, their lenses were a lot clearer. So here's the thing. With all of these preventative measures, the younger that you start prevention, ladies, it is you are so much better off. It's not that you can't start prevention at any age because I don't want you to think that because you can. But the earlier that you start this prevention, the better off that your body is going to be. All right. Okay. So Martha, another thing that you can also look at is niacin. B3 or niacin is another key vitamin that plays a role in good eye health. Research has found that niacin may help prevent or delay the development of cataracts as well as vitamin C, like we just talked about, as we just talked about earlier. When you have an adequate supply of niacin, then you don't have to worry about inflammation eye problems like those of dry eyes or red eyes. Sometimes red eyes are due to inflammation. Now, the next thing, Martha, that you can look at also is omega-3 fatty acids because fish oil supplements are another way to enhance your eye health in several ways. For one, omega-3s you know, help you to avoid inflammation by keeping your eyes moist. The vitamin can also maintain a, high, a healthy tear film layer over your eyes as well. Omega-3 fatty acids are naturally found in your eye's retina and are responsible for visual development. So my grandbaby gets a omega vitamin. I mean, she gets an omega supplement every single day. We, and I, she gets the one that I, that I share from juice plus. So she just pops it in her mouth. She actually, I, I used to put a little hole in it and just let her suck out the, the, the oil from it. But now she just eats the whole capsule and chews it and it's okay. Cause it has a little bit of an orange flavor. Okay, Martha. So here is, um, here's the last one. It's azanthine. <clears throat> and I probably don't say that correctly, but azanthine is a powerful carotenoid Okay. And it can help to protect your eyes. In this case, it has been found to be successful in battling oxidative damage you can develop from high-tech devices that contain blue light, i.e. cell phones, laptops, and computers, and energy-efficient light bulbs. They all give off blue light. And that's why, you know, now I'm wearing, I'm wearing glasses. I, I bought these glasses off of Amazon to help with the blue light block when I'm on the computer or at work or when I'm watching TV. So that's another thing that you can do. But azanthine can help with that too. You can also buy just a supplement of azanthine, but you can also get it from salmon, trout, krill, shrimp, and crayfish. Okay, so if you're a fish person, you can get it from there too, because studies have shown that azanthine can help reduce eye strain and fatigue, because eyes get very fatigued when they're looking at screens all day, whether it's your cell phone, it's your computer, or it's your television, okay, especially children as well, because children now, you know, their screen time, like if you remember from, a, like I think three or four episodes ago, I talked to you about how much screen time our kids are, are watching and how much screen time seniors are actually watching. It's crazy. So, you know, make sure that you are helping your parents out here, you know, either get them those blue blocker glasses, you know, that help block out that, um, 
the blue light or actually make sure that your senior family members are taking good eye health. Okay, so, you know, ladies, maintaining eye health is easy to do with a good balance of nutrients that you can find either from food or that you can find from these supplements. So Martha C., I hope that helped you with your question about eye health. So now the next one comes from Brian. I mean, I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> the next one comes from Kelly J. She wants to know, she said, um, she said, Michelle, my mom just got diagnosed with early on stage Alzheimer's and, you know, I'm worried that I'm going to get it too. Well, Kelly, don't feel alone because my mom has early on stage Alzheimer's as well. And, you know, I sometimes get memory issues as well. And I think, oh my Lord, you know, am I getting that too? But let's talk about some things that you can do to supplement brain health. All right. Because ladies, if you're like most people, the thoughts of eating or supplementing with supplements or vitamins and minerals, um, you know, most people want it, but they think about supplementing for specific, either very specific reasons, or they think about it just only in certain instances, such like, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be the flu season. So I'm going to up my, you know, vitamin C or it's other times I'm going to do it. But actually, you know, supplements, you could be surprised to learn that supplements play a very big role in not only your physical health, but they also play a very big role in your mental health and your brain is part of your mental health. Okay. It's not just, it has a lot of cells, but it has a lot of other capacities that it does. So Kelly, get out a pen and pencil or anybody else who wants to know what are some great supplements or vitamins for brain health. The first one that tops the list is of course your B vitamins. B vitamins are crucial to the overall function of your brain ladies. These vitamins are responsible for regulating the behaviors of the neurotransmitters that support and that transmit information to and from the neurons in your brain. Your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions are all dependent on the action of neurotransmitters. This information carries, these information carriers also play a major function in both the immune and endocrine systems of your body. So you want to get a B complex, one that has multiple Vs. So B3, which is niacin, which we talked about earlier. We talked about B6, B9, and B12. So all of these, you know, make sure that you get a good B complex. And I really love, um, the liquid now brand has a liquid B complex. It tastes really great. And you put a few drops under your tongue, you hold it in your mouth a little bit so that it absorbs into your body and you get a lot more of your bees if you do it in a liquid and you do it that way. And I happen to like the now brand N O W. So people always ask me, to, you know, Michelle, what kind of supplements do you like? Oh, what brands of supplements do you like? And I do a lot of research on supplements and I only buy my supplements from very well-respected companies. And now is one of those companies that you can also um, count on. So, and they are sold. You can buy now brand on Amazon and you can buy it through, um, I think it's through Swenson's. There's a lot of different places that you can buy the now brand and you can even get the now brand in almost all supplement stores. So it's readily available. Okay, Kelly, so moving on from the B vitamins is magnesium. Magnesium takes a lead role in controlling the exchange of signals between the brain and the body. This is because the mineral is the keeper of the NDMA receptors that influence learning, memory, and the development of your brain. Magnesium is present in your NDMA receptors and acts as a preventative measure against the receptors being unnecessarily triggered by weak signals. So magnesium plays a big role in our brain health and magnesium. You can also, people think that bananas are only high in, in, um, you know, calcium and, um, 
and something else, but they're also very high in magnesium. So, you know, eat some bananas or look up some foods that are high in magnesium so that maybe you don't necessarily have to take a bunch of supplements. You can get them in your food. And like I recommend, you know, looking, look at your diet, ladies, look at what you're eating and see what different, um, you know, supplements. I mean, I'm sorry, look at what different vitamins and minerals are found in each one of those things that you're already eating on a regular basis and then see, do I really need to supplement more or where am I lacking? And where you're lacking is where you want to fill in the gaps with something. Okay. So if you're eating, let's say a lot of bananas or you're eating a lot of, you know, foods that have magnesium in it or any of these um, vitamins or supplements that I'm talking about, if you're already eating them in foods, then kind of see how much are you eating and how much do you need to offset? But here's the thing when I talk about supplements too, and I've talked about this several times and I'm going to repeat myself here again. When we're talking about getting nutrients from our supplements, we need to eat fruits and vegetables that span the rainbow from all different colors, okay? From red, from green, from orange, from yellow, from purple, you know, to dark berries, to red, all different colors, okay? And there's all different food groups, okay? And fruits and vegetables in all these different colors across the rainbow. So, you know, are we eating each and every day across the rainbow of every single color? Most likely, no. I know that I'm not. So what you need to do is you need to bridge the gap from what you are eating to what you should be eating and bridge that gap in between, okay? And I talk about that a lot when I talk about Juice Plus. And, you know, it's not that I want to be a salesy person here, but Juice Plus is one of the most research products of its kind that does that. It's just fruits and vegetables in a capsule, and it happens to bridge the gap between what you do eat and what you should eat, okay? But we always talk about it, even in our own Juice Plus community, that you should be eating the food first and then just supplementing on top of what you're eating, okay? So moving on, the other number, the number three one for brain health, Kelly, is again, omega-3s. And we just talked about that above for eye health. DHA and EPA are omega-3 fatty acids that are important to proper brain function. The importance of these fatty acids to the brain is demonstrated in different ways at different stages in life. In adults, DHA and EPA are necessary to preserve healthy cell membranes and ensure the brain cells are able to communicate properly. All right. So that's why I told you, I give my dog, my grandbaby gets an omega supplement every single day for her eye health. I give it to her for her brain health. And we want to start getting our babies, you know, in on these things early. So like I said, if we're starting prevention at age two, which I'm trying to get her to do is if she starts now at two and she continues to be healthy the rest of her life, I mean, that's fabulous. Okay. She's going to be that much further ahead in her health because she's starting early and I'm starting her early. And you can do this with your children too. And like I said, you can get on the bandwagon anytime that you want and move forward. It's all good. The next thing for brain health is calcium. Calcium is important as, as any mineral is to brain health. It's first function as a messenger for our nerve cells. Zinc has also demonstrated the ability to control excessive excitability in the brain and nervous system while also acting as a regulator for neuro, for neurotransmission. So calcium and zinc. And where are we hearing the zinc from a lot? We're hearing zinc from a lot. We heard about it through the COVID pandemic because zinc also boosts your immune system. Okay. So we want to boost our immune system and both calcium and zinc also control excessive excitability in the brain. So if you happen to have, you know, where you get anxious a lot, taking calcium and zinc can help a little bit with that too. So it has other effects besides just brain health. And the last thing about brain health is I want to talk to you about vitamin C. 
the body's highest concentration of vitamin C is, drum roll please, da -da 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 -da, is in the brain. This vitamin is especially important to the function of the pituitary gland as well. Vitamin C supports dopamine synthesis. Okay, that's one of the feel-good transmitters in your brain. And it provides the brain with a shield against oxidative stress. Vitamin C cannot be stored long-term in your body. So it's important that you eat foods that provide this vitamin on a daily basis. Good sources of vitamin C include green leafy vegetables and citrus fruits. All right, so get a lot of those in your, in your diet because those are going to help. Okay, you need these things for brain health. If you ever get foggy brain and you wonder why your brain's getting tired, look at the diet that you're eating. If you don't want to analyze your food too much, don't worry. You can just focus on having balanced meals with a good combination of plant foods, protein, fiber, and fats. But like I said, look at getting these things in. Eat oranges, eat more lemons, eat more limes, you know, citrusy fruits, things like that. Look at other, other foods that contain vitamin C and start eating those and make a priority to put those on your plate as well because they're going to help with your brain function in ways that you are not going to even know. It's just going to start working and doing your help. All right, so... Let's take just a moment for a little bit of break here. I'm just going to play a little bit of music just so that I can grab a sip of my um, vitamin C water. <laughs> See, I drink it every single day. And we'll be right back. And we're going to talk about how to use, well, Nikki P wants to know the benefits of using ginger. So we'll be right back to talk about that. All right. So benefits and uses of ginger. Nikki P, this is for you. So among the various herbs and spices, ginger is one of the most popular and commonly used. Of course. Why is that, you may be asked? Because not only does it improve the flavor of so many dishes, but it is also loaded with healing properties and so many nutritional benefits. So let's talk about some of those benefits today. All right. First one is it can reduce diabetes. So when I say that it can help reduce diabetes, it can also help reduce if you've got prediabetes or you're on that stage to becoming diabetic, okay? Because this is thanks to the positive effect that it has on your insulin levels, and this can help to boost your metabolism. So ladies, if you are trying to lose a little bit of weight, ginger can also help with that because it has a positive effect on increasing your metabolic rate, okay? So it can not only help you reduce your insulin level, um, and it can help how your cells take insulin go from your cells, sugar is in, sugar and insulin are in your bloodstream and to get them to go into your cells, ginger can help do that. So it has an important role in balancing your insulin levels and it can also help boost your metabolism to help with weight loss. So those are two great things that ginger can do. Next, Nikki, it can help improve either nausea and digestive issues. And we already know this because most people will tell you, if you ask your friends and family, what can I do to help with nausea? They'll tell you, I'm um, just eat a little bit of ginger. Well, I don't know about you, but ginger has, it's really kind of has a um, spice to it. And not a lot of people like to just eat ginger by itself. So you can also do ginger tea. They have little um, ginger candies that you can chew on. And, you know, many women find that ginger is great for their morning sickness while they're pregnant. And even for some people who are going through chemotherapy, they can um, ask their oncologist, they can also use a little bit of ginger to help with nausea that is caused from their cancer treatments. It's very good on the digestive tract. It can help with nausea. It can help with vomiting and all of those other kind of issues like that. Also, here's another thing. 
You may not know this, Nikki, or a lot of the other ladies listening, that you can get great muscle, you can get great relief from muscle soreness for this. And I have tried this as well. Okay. Because it has also been shown ladies to be very effective with muscle soreness and pain, such as late onset muscle soreness. Okay. This is when you don't experience muscle soreness right after you, you do your workout. Okay. It's the soreness that comes a day or two afterwards. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this, but I have, you don't experience like you'll lift a lot of weights and I'll up my weights for that day. And I don't necessarily feel it that day, but two days later, I'm like, Oh my Lord, I am really sore. So ginger can help with moderate to severe soreness for late onset. So you can drink it in a tea. Like I said, you can chew on it with a little bit um, of those ginger candies. Um, you can even scrape it and you can put it on your food. If you're having, you know, some type of meal that you want a little bit of extra spice, it's really great for late onset muscle soreness. So I just wanted to let you know on that. And we also know that ginger is great for treating the common cold. Okay. In cold and flu season, adding more ginger to your diet or tea can help you treat some of the symptoms of, of this illness. Researchers are still performing studies on ginger with people who have respiratory illnesses, um, but the evidence so far is it's turning out and it's looking to be very promising. Okay, ginger is easy to add to your food, that it's easy to try out and see if you like it, and in addition to putting it on your foods, you get all those added benefits, okay? There is a low risk um, since it's only a spice, but again, I always tell you, make sure that you talk to your provider. If you're taking any type of medications before you add in any type of herbs or supplements, vitamins, not so much, you know, they're not really going to, a lot of them are not going to mess with a lot of your medication that you're taking. But again, um, to be legally correct, make sure that you talk to your medical provider for any new supplement, new vitamin, new herb, or anything that you want to add into your diet, um, just to make sure that it's not going to counteract with anything that you are currently taking at the moment. Okay, so the next thing that I want to talk about is got a question from Molly L. And Molly said, Michelle, um, I've been having a lot of digestive issues lately, and I'm just having a lot of bloating and different things like that. It comes and it goes. I've had it checked out and everything checks out fine. I've had an ultrasound. She, tell, she, knows, she goes on to tell me about a lot of other different things. So Molly, <clears throat> thanks for the question. And you know, number one, with any of these things, if you have nausea or vomiting, always go and get it checked out from a medical provider to make sure that it's not coming from anything else. Same thing if you're having digestive issues, all right? Here's the thing too. In being a positive, you know, and being your number one self-care advocate, when you get certain different things, like you get a little bit of indigestion or you get a little bit of heartburn or you get a little bit of nausea, vomiting, whatever, you know, if it's just for like a few days, you know, give it a few days, maybe even give it like, you know, a week to see if there's things that you can do for yourself to help yourself out before running in. If things persist and they're not getting any better, then by all means, that's when you need to take it upon yourself to go and see your medical provider to see if anything else is going on. Okay. But Molly said she got everything checked out. So let's go into this. Okay. Molly, your digestive system, as you know, not only plays a, a critical role in your digestional health, but also supports your mental and emotional well-being because your gut is your second brain, okay? Your gut and a healthy gut is therefore integral to your overall health and wellness, okay? So there are several factors that can upset the function of your digestive systems, but there are some herbs and supplements that can coax your digestive system back into balance. So let's talk about these right now. First one being peppermint. Peppermint is cool and it's refreshing and it's known for its antispasmodic properties. This herb may help to relax your stomach muscles and alleviate digestive discomfort caused by indigestion. Also, peppermint can also help ease gas and bloating. So Molly, this may be something that you want to try and you can get peppermint, you know, in the form of tea. 
I, I recommend that you try peppermint in the form of tea first and foremost. You can also get peppermint in an essential oil and you can rub it on your belly with a carrier oil to see if it helps that way. Next is dandelion. This bitter herb may also soothe minor digestive ailments such as upset stomach, and it also has a mild appetite stimulant. So additionally, you may be able to find to use it as a, some people use it as a mild laxative or a stool softener to relieve constipation. So it can help with a little bit of constipation or it can help relieve if you're a little bit um, backed up. And it also can help soften your stool. All right. The next thing that I love is I always talk to people about chamomile. I love chamomile because owing to its antispasmodic and calming properties, chamomile may be the ideal remedy if you have a nervous stomach. And there's a lot of people who have a nervous stomach from anxiety, from situational anxiety, from going out in public or whatever. So in addition to soothing intestinal cramps and pain from gas, it may also help relieve the idea of nausea and heartburn. So chamomile is very good. It's very easy. It's very calming. It's widely available. You can get it in teas, all kinds of different things. Next is calendula. I also happen to love calendula and it's known for its, um, voluminary properties. Calendula is gentle. Um, you can use it on your skin. It helps with burns. It can be used as a moisturizing and it also soothes the digestive tissue. And it may also help balance your intestinal flora to further restore the integrity of your gut lining. <clears throat> other things that you can do, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me there ladies, but Molly, the other things that you can do too, is you can also make sure like I talk about in many other things is to, you know, get a good digestive enzyme, take with each one of your meals and definitely get a probiotic to help your gut to get it back in shape because sometimes you can get bloating or you can get be constipated or have diarrhea issues because your gut just is not healthy. Okay. Next is lavender. Um, this aromic herb supports digestive health by protecting against impaired gut microbacteria. Additionally, if you have an upset stomach, lavender may also help relax the muscles of your, of your digestive tract to soothe stomach and intestinal cramps. Again, lavender, you can get as an essential oil too. You can rub it within a carrier oil and put it on your stomach and that can help as well. And the last thing too, we just talked about earlier about the importance of ginger. Ginger also is a calming property and can help with digestive issues. And the last one that I want to talk about, Molly, is um, turmeric. I just love turmeric. I do it all the time. And by integrating this healthy, this earthy herb into your diet, it can help with um, acid reflux as well as gas and bloating as what you were mentioning. Its anti-inflammatory properties may also help combat indigestion and ease stomach cramps. So adding herbs, ladies, to your food or drinks is a super easy way to benefit from them or adding any extra of these supplements or vitamins, like I said, is also a great way to do it. But again, remember, try to get as much as you can from your diet because your body understands food. Your body understands synergistic properties. So when you eat it in a food, you're getting all that, like I said, synergistic properties from having it and all of its friends together. And it tends to just have a higher effect on your body when you get it from food versus taking it in a, in a vitamin form that's single and isolated. All right. So all these things that we talked about today, I hope that they answered some of your questions if you had the same questions. So I want to give a big shout out and say thank you to Martha C in our community who asked a question about 
eye health, what she can do for eye health. Then um, I also want to give a shout out to Kelly J for her great question about, you know, how can she help reduce her chances of Alzheimer's because her mom got, is, was diagnosed with early onset. And then thank you so much. A shout out to Nikki P for wanting to understand the benefits of ginger and, you know, how that can help her um, you know, in her life. And then definitely thank you, Molly L for asking the question about herbs for digestion, you know, and how to help, you know, with your, um, with your bloating issues, because I think bloating is a big issue for a lot of women. And I think it happens, you know, very, very frequently. It happens around your menstruation time. It can help. It can happen when you go through the menopause. It can, it can happen, you know, a lot of this bloating and digestive issues can happen around childbearing. Once you have your baby and birthing, you know, afterwards your bowels and all that stuff have to go back to trying to get back to normal. So these are great questions that we got from the community. So if you'd like to be featured, if you have a question, then please, you know, DM me over on Instagram at Well Woman Network or join our Well Woman Network 360. Our, it's our private Facebook group and ask a question there. You can always hit me up, um, PM me, private message me over on Facebook as well. So again, ladies, thank you so much for these great questions. I always love digging into the vault and answering them for you. And we've just seemed to have gotten, you know, a surplus of them lately, which I'm very happy about. So it means people are listening and they're wanting to take their health into their own hands. So remember, ladies, if you want to give us a big help and you want to give us an, you know, always early treats and gifts, we would love it if you'd head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. You can leave a rating and review for every single episode and you can always give us a five-star rating if that's your choice because we'd love to hear about your rating and reviews. I go over there and I read them all the time whenever we get notified that we got a new one. And it also helps us to rank up in the podcast and iTunes. So I hope y'all have a blessed, blessed week. I hope that you got something from this episode, you know, and maybe, you know, you've got some issues with your eye health. Maybe you've got some issues with brain health that you wanted to, you know, get some help with. Maybe your digestion, you needed some little help with that, or maybe you just wanted to know a little bit about ginger. So I hope that you found something very valuable from this. And until next week, ladies, may God richly bless your life. And I'll talk to you then and bye for now.